Hello, and welcome to Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Hello, welcome, sisters. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining me again this week. You're welcome. We're going we're gonna to talk about something a little more serious uh, this week than we normally do. Oh, a lot more serious, I would say. And uh, we're going to discuss the show that recently came out, 13 Reasons Why. And that was also a book series, correct? A book. A book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we're going to be talking uh, about it. And in that context, we're also going to be talking about suicide and uh, specifically in teenagers. So we wanted to say this uh, on the front end as a, as a trigger warning. If this is something you'd rather not hear a podcast about, you'd rather not talk about or think about at this moment in your day, you, you may not want to listen right now. So first of all, we want to say that. Secondly, we wanted to say we are none of us are mental health experts. Uh, we are talking about more our reactions to this show, more so Taylor and Riley, because you all have, have seen it, and you're mm-hmm. going to tell me about it. I'm going to ask some questions. But just about our thoughts and reactions and our experience with that growing up and Riley currently as she's growing up. But it, we are not giving any advice in this realm. None of us uh, are 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 pretending that we are qualified to give advice in that capacity. And certainly if you yourself are having suicidal thoughts or if somebody you love uh, or care about, you are concerned about this, there are resources that we, that we hope that you will seek out. And Riley, you've got some right there that we can give you right away. Yeah. For the uh, national suicide prevention lifeline, uh, you can either go to suicidepreventionlifeline.org and they have some resources and um, some people you can talk to on there, or you can call the number 1-800-273-8255. That's the National Suicide Prevention Hotline for anyone, and they have specific resources for all sorts of groups of people. They have them for young people, they have them for disaster survivors, lost survivors, LGBTQ attempt survivors, all sorts of things for you to read and talk to and uh look at so so we encourage you to seek out those resources talk to uh your your family your friends uh your physician your counselor your psychiatrist your therapist um any anybody in your life that you love and trust um personally obviously we are not we are not the ones to give advice on this Mm -hmm. Uh, but we do want to talk about it because this show has come out and as i've already said i have not seen it but both Taylor and Riley have, and it seems to have had a big impact. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I think so. I even looking at like numbers for the show, it's had more social media hits, ta- just people talking about it as a Netflix original than any other show Netflix has ever made by like ten times. Wow. So everyone is talking about it, and it's extremely popular. And I think it's important that it is because I read the book. It came out in like 2007 or 2008, and I read the book my eighth grade year of middle school, so like three years ago. Um, but the book impacted me then, but I think so many more people are now aware of Netflix and online streaming, and that's much more a wider audience than a book that came out so long ago. And I think it's important for people to see it because it was important to me when I read it, but obviously seeing something portrayed on the screen, if it's done well, and this was um, in terms of an adaption of the book, I think is really important. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Ted? It seems to have resonate, resonated not just with the teenage community, but with older people as well. I see a lot of adults and people our age talking about it too. Yeah, I don't... Uh, basically, all of my friends binge-watched it in the first weekend that it came out. Um, I, You know, I mean, it's... and I don't know if everybody necessarily... I don't... Enjoy is a weird word. Yeah, I think it I, just... No. It addresses something that we've all probably gone through and maybe, but in a way that, that gives it, I think that the, the sort of reverent treatment it deserves, it's hard to watch it and not like, not be affected by it, not relate to it or, or feel like it's important in some way. I don't think it's just, it's just for teens. I think it's, it's for people. (laughs) Now, uh, I, we should and this is a this is a bit of a spoiler if you haven't seen this show yet. I I, sh- I should I would ask that you guys one of you two give me like a brief yeah and and anybody listening who isn't completely familiar just a, just yeah. a brief idea of what the show is about. 
Um, basically, it's about a teenage girl named Hannah Baker who commits suicide and leaves behind 13 tapes, cassette tapes, and gives them, has a friend give them to the people who the tapes are about, kind of detailing the reasons why she was led to suicide. Mm-hmm. And all of the people that were the reasons why are listening to these tapes and affected by them. And I think it's really smart the way the show is made more so than the book, because the book more focuses on the main character, Clay, who was in love with this girl and is listening to the tapes and how he is reacting to them and doesn't really focus on the other characters. You just hear their stories. But the way the show is laid out, it focuses on each character as they're going through their tapes. And when you get to the end, when you get to the final tape and she commits suicide, you know that's what happens to her because obviously at the beginning of the show she's dead Mm -hmm. and that's the whole point of the show but it's almost a surprise when you get to the end because you weren't expecting it for some reason even though you know that's how it ends because that's the whole plot of the show Mm -hmm. but the way it's laid out it's like you're so focused on the story and learning about her that when it gets to it it's just like you see all of these things that led up to it and this evolution of a character from someone completely different than how she ended up because of all these things that happened to her. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's important that they, because one thing I've, I've, re- I've read a lot of reactions to it mm-hmm. uh, on social media. Um, and that of course there are a lot of people who say it's, it's been really important and powerful and, and you know, they feel like it's, it's a good thing that people are watching it. And then there've been some negative reactions too, in particular to, I guess the very graphic mm-hmm. scene where she does take her own life. Yeah. Um, Taylor, how did you feel about that? Because I mean, oh, the scene. Uh, I yeah. mean, it's it's rough. Like it's hard to it's hard to watch head on. But I mean, I don't know. It's it happens, and and I think that's you know everybody that's like, oh, it's just you know it's 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 too painful to watch. It's like this is you know something that it's it's important because it happens. People do this. Mm-hmm. Teenage, you know, people do this people that have their whole lives in front of them do this like it's it's the fact that it's so painful to watch is is why you should watch it i think mm-hmm. and i think reading the book because taylor did you read the book or did you just see i've show? never read the book and from what i understand okay. it's yeah there's a lot less in the book yeah yeah okay. the book is i mean it's takes place all in one night in the book he's listening to these tapes all at once um which is already different from the show but in the book she has a part of her final tape where she talks about how she was thinking about committing suicide. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the book, she ends up overdosing on pills. And it's been a while since I've read the book, but the way she does it in the book is kind of similar to the way I've seen in a few TV shows and movies, which is where she takes a bunch of pills and then kind of just lays down. And Mm -hmm. that's it. But I think for a TV show, they could have done that. It would have been more true to the book and it would have been less graphic and not as hard to watch. But that almost, I've heard people say it romanticizes the idea of suicide because you watch this boy who's in love with this girl and how torn up he is over her and this love story. But that's not what the show focuses on. And at the end, you have to watch this painful scene where she commits suicide in a much more graphic way and her parents find her. And it's, it's, I don't want to say it's more realistic because both ways happen, obviously. Mm-hmm. But if you're trying to reach out to a broader audience, the way you grab people's attention, the way you make people think is by making it graphic and intimate and much more hard to watch. Because if something's hard to watch, then you don't want it to happen in real life. Right. Well, and I, I think that, you know, I mean, it sounds like the book maybe doesn't do this as much. But the thing that I thought that the show did that was very intelligent and i think incredibly important is it doesn't just present this poor girl and then all of these mean bullies that were horrible to her it shows you all of these people as humans as, as people that have their own struggles and you kind of you can see the trickle down effect of they have they have pain in their lives and it comes from various sources and then they're kind of passing on that pain to hannah baker but you understand that it's like, you know, some people act out, some people act in, some people act on others, some people act on themselves. And you don't just get this straightforward sto- story of like, there are mean people and there are victims. It's like all of these kids are kind of victims in their own way. Right. Um, I mean, this whole episode is kind of obviously a spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen the show. So I want to say that before I continue to go into detail about the show. But 
at the at the end of the season at the very last episode you hear her final tape and you watch all these kids who have all listened to all of them and know about each other that are on them as well because they listen to all of them they know what all these other people have done and every single one of them is going through something themselves as a result of that and as a result of hearing what they've done to affect someone and one of the boys even thinks the thing he did was the smallest thing and doesn't think it was a reason at all for her to take her own life but then when he listens to all of these other things that were happening to her and realizes this was just the final thing on top of all these other things that had happened you see the different ways in which people react to accepting responsibility for what they've done and the only character who ever finds any sort of closure is clay who accepts i could have done better i could have reached out i could have tried to help her i didn't but I'm going to take this as a way to try to help other people from now on instead of not realizing I did anything wrong. So at the end, he reaches out to someone who he thinks could be in the same position that Hannah was in, and he moves on. And he's able to accept what he did and try to make it better instead of all these other kids who still haven't been able to accept what they've done and are all going through terrible personal tragedies of their own. Now, I... I think one of the things I've seen concerns about it, and again, this is me more asking the question because I don't, I don't know. Mm. Do you think that there's a danger? Uh, because I, you know, back, I don't remember a lot of after school specials about suicide. I know that they existed. I know people watched them. I wasn't one of them. But one of the things in general that they used to try to do with those kinds of messages to us as teenagers was to like scare us. Mm-hmm. Like, we're we're going to show you. I mean, I, I think like, it was easiest to do with drugs. They would show somebody using drugs and then like jumping out a window or something. <laughs> it's like now, now you know, don't ever use drugs because this is this is what happens every time you do drugs. Right. You jump out a window, and and that was always the. It was a very patronizing kind of just scare them so mm-hmm. that they won't do it. One of the things that that I would that I would ask when you talk about it that way is, does it look like the the main character gets vindicated by this? Like, she's been mistreated by people who maybe even didn't realize they were doing it. Or maybe mm-hmm. the things they did they thought were small. But I would worry that it would show, like, by taking her own life and giving them these tapes, that she is, that she wins, that she is mm-hmm. vindicated. I, I'm hoping that it didn't portray it that way. It didn't sound like it did. And ha- mm-hmm. how did they avoid that, I guess? Because I think that would be um, a risk you would run is, yeah. is, you know, people push you around, people give you a hard time this is a way to show them they shouldn't and Mm. obviously we don't want to send that message yeah tay i'm interested to hear what you have to say because i personally looked at it as a way because even when they the way they film the show is in flashback because it goes between flashback and present time a lot between listening to these tapes and kind of going into the moment where all these things were happening to her and then present after she is gone um the way they film it even if you pay attention when she's still alive in flashback it's kind of everything is filmed in kind of a warm light and after she's gone everything is cold and dark and Mm -hmm. blue almost and i think i don't think it shows her getting revenge at all or being vindicated because it shows that she is gone and she's the one who suffered most because her life is over i mean her story is over the show ends when her story is over because that's all that she got I mean, yes, these people are going through these things, but she was led to the point where she had a life ahead of her, and it talks about, shows her parents talking about her going to college, but she doesn't get to do that anymore, and she doesn't get to do all of these things that all these kids are getting to do, and I think it just shows that even though, yes, all these kids are going through this, and it was as a result of her showing them what they did wrong, Mm -hmm. it wasn't because of her, it was because of things they did, and they were just having to see that sometimes the things you do to people have consequences, And while they may be struggling with it themselves or trying to handle how they could have done that, this girl is dead because of things they did along the way. And I don't think there's any way she could win in that sense because she doesn't have a way to redeem herself. Where these kids kind of get a second chance of showing Mm. you could do better next time. She doesn't get a second chance. That's really interesting. Yeah, I I mean, I I agree with that. I think... I mean, you know, Sidney, you mentioned that like the after school specials that I I remember them being very much the same. They were kind of ridiculous. And I almost felt like they kind of insulted our intelligence. It's like, look, we we know that it's not like, you know, you do a drug, you jump out a window. 
And I think that I think that because this shows, you know, it, it doesn't have a sort of condemnation of Hannah Baker's actions. I feel, and I think that maybe is what people want from it. Is that you know we need the message to be clear that what she did is a bad thing. I think that it just shows very realistically the kinds of grieving and pain that she put her family through. And I think, you know, especially that it centers around, you know, the character that was someone who truly loved her that she met. I mean, I think that was the kind of, it's a romantic story that is incredibly not romantic, but it's tragic because of everything she missed out on. You also realize that there was someone in her life that she now will never have a chance to be loved by. It's like, you can't help but feel the void of the life she could have had. And I think when they show some, you know, there's some, some sort of, they're not, they're not flashbacks. They're like fictional scenes, like of, of a, a possible, you know, lives like or her being happy that could have happened. And I think it's, you, you can't watch that and not feel like, well, she got, she got her revenge. Yeah. It's like, no, she suffered horribly. And then she, missed out on yeah. well, everything that, I, that's really i'm glad to hear that because that that was the thing you know that would concern me because i think i i've seen that portrayed in media before um in you know songs or shows or movies where a character like their motivation is you'll all be sorry i'll make you all sorry i'm gonna do this to get revenge and i can mm-hmm. make you all sorry and th- i think that's very one unrealistic and two, harmful, because it's not in any sense revenge. It mm-hmm. doesn't, you know, as you said, everybody else, it, whatever they did wrong, they still have their life to try to improve and grow and right. do the right thing in the future. And I think it's really interesting that you said she's the only one who doesn't get a second chance. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's good that you got that message, because yeah. that, that would be my concern, is that that message could get lost because when you know when you're a teenager you tend you have a lot of emotions that you're experiencing i don't want to say for the first time mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean you've experienced these emotions right. before but you're still learning the the depth of emotions and mm-hmm. the how intense they can get and how and you, you will feel ways that you haven't felt exactly you know in these years of your life for the first time ever mm-hmm. and you're trying to learn how to cope with that and understand it and act not in a negative way right. with it um and it, it it worries me sometimes you know shows that would expose you to look what she took these emotions and did this to get revenge and look now all these people feel bad and there mm-hmm. we go. And so I'm glad that that message doesn't come across because I think yeah. that you would run a huge risk of that. And I've heard that criticism yeah. leveled at it. I think one of the most important messages that the show does a good job of showing is after she has taken her own life all around the school, there are these signs up about, you know, don't commit suicide. Here's a number to call. You aren't alone. This isn't this is a permanent solution to a temporary problem, that kind of thing. But before that, None of the teachers are talking about it. They show her communications class where she's the one puts an anonymous note in the teacher's bag saying, what do you do if you feel alone and you have no one to talk to and you feel all of the emotions and you just want everything to stop? The teacher doesn't even really go into depth talking about suicide or how to help this person. She goes to her school counselor, talks about these horrible things that have been done to her, talks about wanting all of these things to stop the day that she kills herself. Mm-hmm. The school counselor just says, well... If you don't want to press charges against these people that have done these things to you, the only thing I can say is to get over it. And it's these people are not taking it as a serious problem because it hasn't happened. And then after right. it happens, everyone realizes this is a thing we need to talk about. And Clavin has kind of a breakdown in the middle of the hallway where he's looking at all these posters and showing these new kids around school and saying, no one cares until you kill yourself. And no one does anything until it actually happens. And everyone acts so nice until you're gone. And it shows these people that were terrible to her and you learn about all these things they did to her, leaving flowers on her memorial. It's like no one realizes it's a problem until it happens. I mean, even at my school, I can say we don't talk about it, but I mean, it has happened in our area and we talked about it after it happened. No one's talking about it because it doesn't happen, you know. Now, uh, before before you say that, Taylor, let me just real quick. I'm imagining that that depiction of a school counselor, we would say, is probably not fair. No. Yeah, that is <laughs> would, very unfair. Just, I wasn't just, trying to say that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just but briefly for all you school counselors, yes. I think I think that is, at least in my experience with school counselors, no, he generally is a very you get more support. Character. And, yeah, yes. Exactly. What were you saying, Ted? 
Well, I because it's funny you mentioned the posters, Riley. Because then when they when you get the finally like the reveal, again spoilers everywhere. Um, that Clay's friend was killed in a supposed mm-hmm. drunk driving accident, and you see in flashback that the posters all over the school are like, "Don't mm-hmm. drive drunk." I mean, there is there is a bit of a, a a bit of a shade cast on. I think the I, I, the adult presence in this that it's like this is. You know, we have these sort of by the book answers to these things, but that we don't really we don't really want to get too close to them. It's like the, all that changes are the posters on the wall, but nothing actually changes yeah. in the school. And I think that that's I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I mean, I, I kind of draw it to the parallel of uh, I mentioned this earlier, like, you know, uh, things that I guess can that can put ideas into our heads about you know, bad behaviors. It's like, do we just avoid the subjects altogether and hope they disappear? Or do we have to confront them head on and kind of get into the, the nitty gritty, dirty, ugly details of them? Like it's, it's, it's a kind of a difficult problem to face, I Mm -hmm. guess, with teenagers. It, It is, it is very difficult. It's, it's hard to know. I mean, my experience is limited to that of a, of a family physician so like sometimes in my professional life this is something i and again i'm not a mental health expert so i always enlist the help of one Mm -hmm. if i'm if i'm helping to handle this but um but it's very difficult to know i mean as an adult i don't know exactly when i start to talk to a teenager who might be coping with this how how close these thoughts are to action where Mm -hmm. are we in that spectrum Right. You know, and teasing that out and getting somebody to open up and talk to you about that can be very difficult. And knowing how to do that in an effective way and not in a way that just, I mean, you want you want to create a, a ground where you can talk about that kind of thing and say, like, sometimes people feel this way and sometimes these are thoughts people have and you can feel hopeless and, and not see that there's a way out and that kind of thing. But you also don't want to say that so much that you're creating that as like that's normal Mm -hmm. like that's the way you should feel you should feel this way i'm not saying that i'm saying you might feel this way and now we can help you but that's a hard line to walk that's very which is why which is why we have mental health professionals who you can talk to who know how to help you through that but uh but that's very difficult Mm -hmm. and one of the when we're talking about watching for these signs and no one really changing i think that was really interesting and i agree where you said the signs change but nothing anyone does changes is one of the characters who is on the tapes who is one of the reasons why hannah decides to take her life in the very last episode tries to commit suicide and if you go back through and watch these episodes you realize the small changes he is making as they're talking about these changes that went on in her life that were signs almost that if people would have paid attention they would have realized she was struggling and this same character is going through these same struggles but no one stops to ask him if he's okay. No one tries to help him. No one tries to do anything differently than the, what they did for Hannah, even though he's very clearly going through the same thing. And even watching the show, I see a lot of people talking about online, you are so engrossed in Hannah's story and trying to help her, even though she's already gone, that you don't even realize that this other kid is hurting so badly and doing the same thing that she does. And I think it's just, it's interesting to see how these signs that people are talking about you should look for and you can help someone they aren't clear things that are happening that all of a sudden you will notice oh this person needs help it's something that if you really care about people and you want people to be okay you help them along the way not just when you realize they're hurting so badly they're already gone what uh what kind what kind of signs do they talk about um they talk about changes in appearance they talk about um giving away their belongings they talking about changing their personal relationships withdrawing from friends do you have i mean i don't want to sound like i'm you know reading off a list because i'm definitely not i'm just thinking about things in the show do you have a a list i think some other signs that you may have already said i'm not sure if you did were, were you know direct or indirect statements about mm-hmm. it um you know of course obviously a history of depression or um previous attempts obviously mm-hmm. would be things um making arrangements for the end of their life like giving things away or mm-hmm. saying goodbyes or that kind of things um and then looking you know people who are at risk or people who have experienced a recent loss or 
um, certainly, you know, abuse of alcohol or drugs or risk factors and things like that, too. There are lots of others, but. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's interesting. You think about all these things and you talk about, you know, wanting to reach out for help and wanting someone to say something. And she says that several times is she wanted someone to reach out and stop her. She tells Clay to leave her alone at one point and she wanted him to leave. But she also wanted him to say, no, I'm not leaving and wanted him to stay with her. And she wanted people to help her and she wanted someone to realize she was hurting and it's this sense of hopelessness like I want someone to help me but no one is and it's kind of you feel so alone and that's the feeling I think almost you feel watching it is she was so alone and you want to go help her and you want to reach out and say something but then you realize all these kids are in this situation you're not in the situation you just see the after effect and I don't think you realize the depth of someone's situation until something happens mm-hmm. well and, and i think that you know that's if if there's a takeaway that i i got that i i hope is something that people are getting from it is just i, gu- I guess how how much more mm-hmm. delicate mm-hmm. we could be with each other because i think that you know the 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 implication that it's not right. one big thing it's it's a it's a lot of little things and it's you know it's when when it's a lot of little things relentlessly like that's that, that contributing in any way to somebody else's pain is is mm-hmm. never never a, an okay thing to do um i don't think we think about that and, and like like i said like these are all teenagers it's not they're not bad people they're people that have pain in their lives and they have conflict in their lives and that's very well represented but you know when you when you just pass it on to the next person to make yourself feel a little better or or, you know, you, you make fun of somebody to, to make yourself feel above them. It's like you just don't, you're passing on your pain to somebody else. And I think that that's an, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. an important thing that it portrays that, you know, you, you I, and, and, you know, I did, when, in one of the articles I was reading, um, it was from a teacher. And she was saying that she's actually seen, in response to this, uh, a rise in kids standing up for other kids, like, in instances of, being you know making fun or bullying and i think that's that's mm-hmm. great i think that's that's I, I hope that that's what's happening out there I, I hope that's true too i mean it, it'd be interesting to see you know beyond anecdotally if if talking about this like a show like this that's this popular will help with that message one of like you said being more delicate and taking more care with the way we treat each other and then two you know talking about suicide is important talking about it you know we, we've said obviously there are ways to talk about it there you know there are things to say and and you want to you don't want to just kind of talk off the cuff but um at the same time ignoring it not talking about it is way more dangerous being Mm -hmm. honest about it having an open dialogue and that's something that people who talk about suicide prevention will tell you is that you're not if you really are worried about somebody having this conversation with them and being honest and saying that i'm worried about you have you had thoughts about hurting yourself is this something is really important. You're not gonna give some. You're not gonna give somebody the idea. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. You're, you know, if if you need to have that conversation, you're not gonna. It's not dangerous to ask that question. Right. That question is fine to ask. I think the most interesting kind of statement the show makes is people keep saying there should be another season of this, even though where the first season of it ends is where the book ends. It ends with her final tape. She takes her life, and that's the end of the story is people are saying this needs to continue because so many things are left open about these other characters. You don't know how any of them end up. They all are having these things go on. We don't know how any of these things turn out. And I think, I don't almost don't think it should, even though as a viewer, I would like to see it. But looking at it from kind of a, like a viewer's standpoint, if you don't have it continue on, you see that her story ends. And the only way you get a true end to a story in this particular sense is she takes her own life and her story is most literally ended because her life is ended but you don't really can't ever get a true resolve to these people's stories and what's happening to them because their lives are still going on they will have all of these struggles happen and they will have all of these things go on but you don't ever really get to see how they turn out because they have all of this life left to live i think i think that also you know in thinking about older portrayals not so much after school specials but in movies that deal with the idea of suicide one thing that has popped into my mind is heathers which of course Mm. isn't i mean they're the characters aren't actually killing themselves right 
but that is what everyone is led to believe. And I think you see that they're doing it in a very dark way, talking about like how it makes these people more popular. Mm-hmm. You know, that is the that is the 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 thing that they're right. saying is like right. they have created because the most popular girls in school have killed themselves. They've made it a fad, mm-hmm. um, and they talk about it that way, and they give these characters more power and more life after they're gone. Now, of course, they didn't actually kill themselves, and the movie's about a right. lot of other things, and. But I, I think that's that is a that is a thing you wouldn't see today. Mm-hmm. That idea is something you wouldn't you wouldn't see echoed in media today because it's not true, and you know that 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 could be a more dangerous message. Mm-hmm. And and I'm I'm you know it's good that that's not in the show because that right. that is definitely not the case. Right. Let me let me ask you this, Riley. If you, I mean, do you feel like watching a show like this and obviously a, a lot of your friends probably watched it too mm-hmm. do you feel like they would be more likely to recognize some of these signs that they talk about in the show and if they were to say something i mean because that's this this is really easy for us to talk about like it's important to ask people and to talk to people and to say hey you don't seem like yourself hey i'm worried about you do you need help it sounds really easy mm-hmm. and as an adult I feel like I can do that pretty easily now. Right. I don't think I would have been as well equipped to say that mm-hmm. when I was 16. So do you do you think that this equips teenagers? I've seen a lot of criticism about people saying this show has made me realize that anything that you do could be the last thing for someone and that you need to go out of your way to be nice to people and to help people and to support people. And a lot of people criticizing that, saying it shouldn't have taken a TV show for you to realize that. But, I mean, I think anything that makes someone realize that, even if it's in the show, it's reflected by people realizing that by this main character taking her own life. And maybe here it's realized by people watching this story, even though it is fictional, it's something that actually happens. And I think it is making people realize they need to be nicer and think about the things they do in a sense that there are other things going on in people's lives you don't know about. And I personally, if I saw something happening like these things or I saw someone going through this struggle and going through these same changes that Hannah Baker was going through, I would want to say something just because, not that I wasn't aware that suicide happened before the show because obviously I was aware that this is a thing that happened, but I, something about seeing it in, a, in the same media that you watch so many other things happen that you're impacted by something as silly as like a relationship on a TV show that you're invested in. Mm-hmm. And this is the same sort of sense where this is the same medium where I am affected by so many other feelings. This has just affected me in a sense more so where I haven't had something like this happen in my personal life, but watching a story and reading a book and seeing the show, it makes you think about it more. Well, do you think maybe even though I understand that idea, like, well, we, we should be good to each other and we shouldn't need a, mm-hmm. a show to teach us that. I, under, I understand that argument. But in today's world where technology has made us more and more disconnected mm-hmm. and where we spend so much more time instead of talking to each other. I mean, because I, I don't think texting and Snapchat is really talking. No. I mean, that would be my my right. argument that that's right. not really talking yes it's it's a form of communication but it's not as effective and if we're spending much more time communicating in those ways mm-hmm. and much less time directly connecting with people i can see the need yeah. to to utilize something like a tv show to mm-hmm. remind us i don't know does that do you no, think that, that makes sense like makes that sense. shift i mean taylor do you think we didn't did we not need that because I don't remember any serious. There were oh, there were songs about it. I, the music, people have been writing songs about suicide prevention and suicide awareness and uh, teenagers and and that concept for a long time. But I don't remember a lot of powerful TV shows and movies. You know. No, I mean, I I think I well, and, and I think that bringing up the music is important because we listen to the music and our feelings were validated by it because it it. It recognized them as real and painful. And I think that, you know, when we're talking the kind of after school specials we got fed, they were very like preachy and, and very much like we're going to we're going to tell you why this is a bad idea. And, and I think that, you know, to 
I mean, I think the conversation around depression and mental illness has has changed since we were younger. I think we talk about it a bit more openly now. I think the taboo is is less uh, present, and I, I think that's mm-hmm. really, really, really important. I so think that's true. It, yeah, I think that in one sense, the the reason that this show is so good at what it does is because it it, it recognizes these feelings as all valid. And as nuanced. And I think that that, you know, teens don't feel like they're, they don't feel disrespected. They feel like this is meant for them and it's meant to not just appeal to them. It's meant to like validate them. And then the other side of that is that I think that, um, you know, that it, it's important to, to not have the idea of approaching somebody about depression or suicide, be this like big taboo, you know, like, dramatic thing but something that it's a conversation that we can all have you know and 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 like i don't want to say on a regular basis Mm -hmm. but it brings it down to earth and recognizes it as something that does happen and something that we can all be you know aware of and and recognize you know i think that's really important because the thing i think is most important that the show has brought about is the conversation it's the people talking about it and even if it's a thing that people are criticizing. It's still an idea that's being talked about and maybe schools are talking about it more. Maybe parents are talking about it more. Maybe friends are talking to each other about it and just getting each other thinking about this and showing people that they're not alone. I think that's, yeah, I agree. That's the most important thing the yeah. show does. Um, especially in light of the fact, and I, I was double checking my statistics, that the, the suicide rate, especially among young girls, is mm-hmm. climbing. Among among teens in general, not just, not just females, but... Mm. But and maybe that's part of why this conversation is more prevalent now. In in addition to what you said, Taylor, which I think is so important, that the stigma around talking about mental health issues has to go away. Mm-hmm. You know, I I I say that in my in my job in my day job a lot. Like this, I am I. This is a medical condition, and I'm a medical doctor, and we're going to talk about it and treat it just like I do every other medical problem that I I help patients with. And that's what it is. And we need to stop pretending that it has something to do with morality or willpower or, you right. know, whatever else you want to call it. It's not that. It, this, these are medical issues and they need mm-hmm. to be dealt with by, you know, seeking help from doctors and, again, you know, counselors and therapists and everybody who can, can help you. And then, of course, family and friends and support, just like you need for any other medical condition. Right. Um, and the more open we are about that, the better we'll, we'll do with it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's, there's, it does, like, there's always that, like, characteristic scene in a movie where you find, like, the the character crying in a bathroom, and it's like, it's easy to comfort somebody when that's what you're up against. It's like, I'm sad, and I'm visibly displaying sad, but what you see with both Hannah's character and some of the other characters is, you know, they get moody, they get angry, they get withdrawn, they're hurtful to the people around them, and those things are shown as signs of of what they're going through of their pain and i think that's something too that we forget it's like yeah when you find that person crying in the bathroom it's easy to be like oh my god what's wrong talk to me but you don't your first instinct isn't to do that when people in your life are being cruel or withdrawn or or behaving differently and i think that that's you know that's those those are just as much important cries for help Mm -hmm. as as you know crying no no i think you're i think that's a really great point because what then it asks of everybody else around that person is to, instead of getting hurt and angry and upset, is to stop and kind of put your own wants and needs and feelings on the back burner for a second, which we all need to learn how to do, mm-hmm. you know. And in your right. teenage years is when you first start to have to learn how mm-hmm. to do that. And it's hard at first, you know, yeah. because you have a very me-centric universe when you're, and that's, I, no offense, right? No, like, yeah, I don't mean I, just I you. That's, that's normal. That's your stage of development. You're yeah. supposed to look at the world that way. But it, you have to put yourself on the back burner and say, what's up with you? Mm-hmm. What 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 are you right. going through that this is how you're expressing yourself right now and how can I help? And you're not always going to instantly be met with all of the answers, but asking that question is the only way you're ever going to start that, mm-hmm. that journey and, and maybe help somebody out. Um, I actually was watching a documentary on Netflix that is a true story. Um, after I finished 13 Reasons Why, and I've seen a lot of people saying some of the things that happen to these teenagers in this show is, are unrealistic, that these things don't actually happen to teenagers, that they don't go to wild parties and they don't 
get so drunk that they're unaware of what they're doing. And I mean, in the show, I know this is a sensitive topic, but there is rape in the show. And they're saying these things aren't common things that happen to teenagers. They don't take inappropriate pictures of each other and send them to each other. And these are unrealistic uh, struggles to show for teenagers. This is Hollywood making it such a bigger who, deal. Who wrote that? This is, these are things I've seen <laughs> online. That these are unrealistic struggles. I'm going to say that but, super wrong. Yeah. And just go ahead and yeah, say that super duper wrong. completely wrong. There's a documentary on Netflix called Audrey and Daisy. And it's about these two girls uh, yeah. who these exact same things that happened to Hannah Baker happened to these real teenage girls. And it shows one of them commits suicide. One of them tries to commit suicide. But I mean, it shows real people going through these things and real people's responses to them and how realistic these struggles are and how they're not drama dramatized yeah just because i mean just because those experiences don't happen to the majority Mm -hmm. of people doesn't mean that they don't happen right and happen way more commonly than any of us want to talk about or acknowledge Mm -hmm. or or deal with or help me and by dealing with i mean like Ask the question, has mm-hmm. this happened to you? Do you need help? Are you having trouble coping with something like that? Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous to pretend it doesn't happen. And then, well, and I, I mean, uh, this is just specific to, to Hannah Baker's story, but I mean, it's, and, and it, obviously it's about a young girl and a lot of the things are very sexually driven that happened mm-hmm. to her. I mean, from the harassing photographs, uh, rape, like the, the list that she's on. And I mean, I think that that's something that, we culturally shuffle under the rug far too often is the amount of uh, big and small violence in a sexual manner against young women. Like um, that's just a massive, massive problem. Absolutely. And this documentary is almost infuriating to watch in a way because you're watching these real people in this community, adults responding to it and not responding in the way that you would hope people would that after watching 13 reasons why you hopefully get an influx of, parents asking their kids if they're okay you get teachers talking to kids about it you get counselors making these taking these ideas that kids have as real and making sure they can do everything they can to help them and you get people taking these problems as real struggles like sexual harassment or rape or drug abuse or anything of that sort but in this documentary you see these real people not that long ago taking these issues as things that are not serious and are things that do not need to be taken as big of deals as they are and these are teenagers being teenagers and i think it's really important to show teenagers yes our stereotype is being much more dramatic and much more egotistical and yes teenagers are very dramatic because they have all these hormones going on i have all these (laughs) hormones going on and you have all these feelings and yes things can sometimes seem to be bigger deals than they actually are but just because we're teenagers or these characters are teenagers doesn't mean their struggles are any less real than someone who's nine years old or someone who's 50 years old absolutely no no you're right your your age and obviously your gender i mean these are not things that should discount you from mm -hmm. having real experiences and real feelings and having real problems Mm -hmm. that need addressing and that i think that's something that it's all too easy to forget is that feelings aren't facts they can't be proven or disproven if you have them they are real that is how feelings work right Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point to make. And you don't get to argue somebody out of feelings. You right. don't get to say, well, no. you shouldn't feel that way because of this, this, and this. And the most ridiculous argument, because you're too young. That's a, that's a ridiculous right. statement. To I make. think you see a lot of characters in 13 Reasons Why feeling things and thinking to themselves almost, this is ridiculous. There are a lot worse things going on. I shouldn't be feeling this way. And trying to push these feelings away or even telling other people, there are worse things happening. You need to get over it, basically. And I think even if someone, let's say, has a very small reason for feeling depressed or has a very small reason for getting angry, they're still feelings. And in teenagers, that can be a lot more drastic, the things that happen as a result of these feelings. And I think it's just important to show that even if you have a friend who gets upset for what you see is no reason, it's important to try to help them and talk them out of it or you see someone who is going through all these changes and you haven't seen anything happen to them, obviously something has caused someone to feel this way. And even if you don't see it as a big deal or see it as a valid reason, it is to them. Sure. Exactly. And it sounds like this is a good show then, not just for teenagers, 
I think you've both made you you've made the case mm-hmm. for that, Riley and, and Taylor. You've supported that even as an adult, like for your like for yourselves and for your friends. And mm-hmm. um, I th- it sounds like it's also a good show for maybe adults and and people who aren't in that aren't having those feelings, aren't in that world, aren't worried about maybe themselves or their friends, but want to know how to help people. Definitely want to know how to understand this from the outside. Maybe mm-hmm. I think. Because there are no parent characters in the book. You don't see Hannah's parents. You don't see any of the characters' parents. But in the show, you see parents who, after this happens to this girl, they're concerned about their own kids. And they're asking them if they're okay. And they're trying to look for these changes in them and watch for these changes. But then you see these other parents who don't care about it almost think my kid would never do that. I don't need to talk about this with my kid. This was a girl who had problems and my kid isn't like that. I think it's important for all parents to watch that in a way to see where when you're a teenager watching it, you can see you can react to a tragedy in this way and you can try to help people or you can react in this way and make it about yourself and see, feel helpless and feel like there's nothing left to do and you did this horrible thing. And when you're a parent, you can watch it and see it in two different ways. You can react to this idea and this tragedy in a way where you help your own kid make sure your child doesn't feel that way. Or you can react in a way where you think it doesn't happen to your kid, but I'm sure parents who have been, who their children have been victims of things like that, I'm sure they may have felt that way too. They may have felt my kid wouldn't do that, but anyone could. I think it's important for parents and teachers and adults to watch it and realize there are ways that adults can help and there are different ways you can respond to the situation that would be helpful or harmful. Yeah, that's true. It is not, it is not, um, neglect is not benign in this incident, in this instance, you know, just pretending and assuming um, I mean, I, and there's a difference between you don't want everybody to just be afraid. You want people to feel empowered and have a better understanding and know how to have honest, real conversations with each other. Afterwards. And that's the most important thing to take away is being able to talk to your child, not forcing right. them to feel some way and not forcing them to be under your watch all the time, but making the relationship open enough where if they're feeling that way, you know, they'll talk to you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, I feel like this is one that, like, maybe, you know, parents should watch with their children or, you know, as, like, teenagers should not, maybe should watch it with mm-hmm. friends, with people that kind of, it it opens that dialogue. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good thing to watch with other yeah. people. Yeah, I think, I think that's an excellent point, mm-hmm. um, putting things in context. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, hopefully this has been helpful somewhat. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, Especially in understanding why, I mean, this this really seems to have connected to, as you both said, a lot of people, not just teen- teenagers for sure, but adults too. This show certainly seems to have, have made a huge impact. And it's yeah. interesting to hear all your viewpoints and ideas from both of you as to why why that might be. And it sounds like an important thing for people mm-hmm. to, to think about and talk about more openly, whether it's in the context of watching the show or just talking about it. And I would recommend it to anyone watching it. I will say there are a lot of sensitive topics. There are a lot of sensitive scenes depicted and only two or three of the episodes have trigger warnings ahead of time, but I'd say all of them have something in them that yeah. can be triggering to anyone. I would warn you of that before watching it. But if you feel like you could watch it, I would definitely recommend watching it. I just think it's an important show for everyone to see. And uh, what 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 is that information again, Riley? One more time, just um, if you go to suicidepreventionlifeline.org, they have resources on there for all sorts of people from different backgrounds and situations. And the universal number you can call is one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five, and it is twenty four seven, confidential, free. Anyone is there to talk to you at any time. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's really important if you're worried about somebody. Um, giving them that information, asking the question, starting the conversation, just telling somebody that you're worried about them and you think something might be going on, acknowledging those feelings. And even if nothing's going on with them, it doesn't hurt someone to just make sure they're okay. No. Absolutely. Even if you're, if you're, I mean, think about that. If you're feeling totally okay and somebody says, hey, I just wanted to check on you and make sure you were doing okay, has that ever bothered you or upset <laughs> you? No. <laughs> no. It's always no. okay to, to take care of each other and check on each other right. um, and make sure that, you know, you are part if somebody doesn't have a network of support that's that's a bigger risk um so be that network of support Mm -hmm. you know that you can solve that because you're a person and you can be part of that support system so look out for each other and be good to each other yeah and thank you uh, both for being so open and talking about this and i know this this is obviously a sensitive subject and it's also 
uh, to talk about your reactions and feelings about this show requires that you both have like opened yourself up and shared a lot of your own feelings and thoughts. And I appreciate you guys being willing to do that. And thank you all for listening. I know this is maybe a hard topic for somebody to listen to or sensitive or personal, but I think anyway, the messages out there is an important one. Yeah, we can't, we have to take this out of the, out of the shadows and, and hold it up to the light and talk about it because that's the only way we're going to, we're going to make things better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, I love you, sisters. Well, I love you, sisters. Hey. I love you, too. <laughs> I'm, I'm not always going to end the show that way now. I don't wanna... <laughs> That's our new tagline is, I love this you, This is sisters. our new sign-up. I love you. <laughs> we, just, we, didn't have, we just wanted to, please listen to our show. We love you. We love you. <laughs> we love you. Um, no, but thank you. Thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby, Change Your Mind. This has been Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Sproul. I am a teenager. And I was too. And I love you. <laughs> You're so going to say that. <laughs> Hi, I'm comedian Emily Heller. And I'm cartoonist Lisa Hannawalt. And we're the hosts of Baby Geniuses. Do you want to learn weird new facts? Do you like hearing successful creative women talk about their poop? Do you want the scoop on Martha Stewart's pony? If you answered yes to any of these questions, our show is for you. We interview people like Paul F. Tompkins, Kristen Shaw, Michael Che, and more. So check us out on Maximum Fun. And let us mess up your brain. Yes, please. <laughs> Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.